In a few minutes, I'm going to call you to come to the front of this room and, uh, and receive a prayer. We are, we are concluding today the, the series on money, and I want, when, as, we, as we leave this church as the lead pastor in a few weeks, I want to have everything I can give to you, in you. Uh, these last few weeks are not, I hope, a lame duck thing, because quite the contrary, I want to pick up speed with stuff that is really, really important. And few things in our lives get as much attention as money. If you have way too much, you can't sleep because somebody is going to con you out of it or the market's going to shift and you're going to lose two-thirds of it or whatever. If you don't have enough, they're calling you from all these wonderful places that just delighted to have your business because they gave you, you gave them your business, but you, you didn't pay on time, and so they'll call and remind you. Um, and that's a kind way of saying what those calls are. So wh- wherever you are in the middle of that, uh, if, you, if you're in the flesh, if you're walking in your own strength, you never, ever have enough money. If you've got $15, that's not enough. And if you've got 15 million, that's not enough. All we need is 20% more. Have you noticed that? Got $15? I guess that would make it $18. And since we use the same figure, 15 million would be, if I just had three more million, everything would be cool. And uh, the Lord spoke so much about money. He, he just over and over and over again used money Uh, to illustrate various kingdom truths, and he also just talked directly about money. One of the things that he said is, it's more blessed to give than receive. Now, if you don't have enough money, that doesn't make any sense, and nobody has enough money. Have you noticed that? I, I think I just made that point. And, of course, there is an exception. There's 1%, 2 3%, maybe. My parents retired and moved from New Mexico to North Texas and were in their retirement. And uh, there's a lot of money in North Texas in this, in this retirement circle that they were, where they were apart. There was an old oil guy, and his, his health was failing, and he didn't trust any members of his family, and he wanted my dad to become the executor of his state. And he offered him $200,000 to do it. And I thought, Dad. And Dad said, no. And he's maybe the only one I've ever heard of. <laughs> because everybody else responds like I did. What? Yes. Yes, it'll be some trouble. 200000 you're a big boy, you can take it. You know, that, that's the way we think. So, and by the way, Dad's, uh, what is it, should I say, his, his asset balance shows that he didn't take the 200000 uh, But anyway, <laughs> he's still fine. He's doing great, uh, which, is, which is 
You know, it's kind of cool, by the way, that he was, he just said, no, that that's not a part of what God wants me to do, and I'm not willing to bear that load. Uh, if he had, if he'd had some obligation, if that'd been family or something like that, he'd have done what he needed to do, and he would have probably done it for free. But anyway, we, we are baited by money. And Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than receive. Now, when I was in Bible school, most Bible school students are poor. Were you poor in CBC? It was just excruciatingly poor. And um, we, we had all we needed to eat. I had a car. It's not like I was poor, but boy, I felt poor because cash flow was, was pretty limited. I will say the cash flow was limited. And um, so we, Bible school students, would, would look at that scripture and we'd say, more blessed give than receive. But I'm okay with receiving. But then, as the Lord has blessed us through the years, we've been in a position to give money sometimes. And it is more blessed to give than receive. I've tried it both. If you've never been in a position to um, give help to someone financially, don't say, I'm okay with giving. Say, no, Lord, I want to be on the top side of this thing. If it's more blessed, I want to be in a position to be able to give because, first of all, you have money to give. Okay? So Jesus wasn't talking through his hat. This makes total sense. And he taught us more blessed to give than receive. And then, of course, we, we begin to dig into the Scripture and find that our Father, God, is a farmer. And He plants seed, expecting a harvest. Now, did you notice the, did you notice the sequence there? We say, God... Bless me, and I'll tithe. Not in this lifetime, baby. How can he do that? That's unlike his nature. He so loved the world that when we were a bunch of blockheads hating him and his son, he gave his son. And the scripture says it like this. While we were, the King James, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That's the sowing. That's, that's the planting. That's the putting in the ground. Uh, you plant corn, I think, is the right terminology. You drill wheat is the right terminology. But in reality, you just flush it out of sight. It's gone. It's not good. If, once you bury it, it's... Don't try to dig it up and use it. It's not any good anymore. But there is the hope of a harvest. And that is just so cool. So please get this message if you can't get anything else that you have to give. I had a, I had a testimony from a guy that some of you have met. And... Uh, he was a professional man, and he, he put his career on hold to get more training and do some more stuff in his profession. Had a family. 
And uh, he was one of these. If God will bless me, I'll tithe. And, and that, that just makes so much sense to us. I mean, it's like, well, how could I tithe if he didn't bless me? Right? So that was his line. And uh, <clears throat> there was a crazy minister <clears throat> preaching in the church that he attended with his family when he was in this special training. And the Lord just touched him through this pastor's teaching. And he said, okay, I'll try it. And boom, he began to get money that really should have been coming to him the whole time, but it was going somewhere else because of some of his contracts and so forth. But when he changed into this new setting where he was getting more training, those contracts were null, and all of that money started coming to him, and it, he got all of that education, high-dollar education, debt-free, because he had plenty of money to support his family and pay the educational costs. And he just sat across the table from Eunice and me, grinning from ear to ear, his brilliant smile, telling us this story. This is the coolest deal. Now, I, I, he did not want his name used, so some of, some of you might have known it if I used it, and that's the reason I am doing this cryptic thing, but it is the truth, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, because you sow and then you reap. Um, now, I want us to keep in mind if we're going to reap finances, we need to give money. Some of our beautiful artists here in church took mustard seed and wrote the word faith on this black cloth here in front of me. Did such a beautiful job. It looks like, I guess I expected it to look like that because that's the kind of work they do. And it takes faith to take money out of the budget and just flush it like you drill wheat in the ground or plant corn in the ground. It's just gone. Just cover it up. And uh, if it's wheat, if it's winter wheat, it'll, it'll be little green stuff come up. But that's, that's not what gets you the harvest anyway. So you can, you can uh, pasture your cows on that, but... Uh, that's not, you know, you have to wait until then you do this in the fall and then this green stuff comes up, but that's not it. And you have to wait till in the spring, this kind of goes away and then the real deal comes up, gets however tall, turns yellow and you get this wheat harvest. And we're on the edge of the wheat belt. And uh, the farm that I worked on when I was a kid was a wheat farm and it was a, it was huge. This guy had so many acres under wheat that he had two of those monster self-propelled combines of his own which he kept in the shed when it was harvest time he just came out and ran the and put the stuff back in the shed shed means barn or whatever garage it's a it's a combine garage but anyway the uh <clears throat> the picture there is you get this huge harvest it's wonderful if you have the faith 
to throw this seed away, it looks like, and just drill in the ground. I'm telling this right, aren't I, John? This is what you do. John knows how to do this. Or at least he used to know how. (laughs) I noticed he didn't go back to the farm. But anyway, here's the deal. God is saying, is that too complicated for you? And I just want to say to you, I want this church body when Eunice and I step out of this role that we have in a couple months, I want you to have it all settled in your heart that when you get a little bit broke, you can do that crazy-sounding thing that says, when you get a little bit broke, you say to your spouse, we need to find a place to put some money because we're running out. Now, does that sound stupid Yes, don't lie and say, makes perfect sense to me, then you're crazy. (laughs) Unless you have faith. And if you have faith, it's like, yes, that's the way it works, newbie. What's your deal? And so with these mustard seed, we have the word faith written out here. And if if you... haven't figured it out yet. What I'm saying is giving, uh, paying the tithe. Tithe is called giving, not giving, but paying or bringing. You can bring all the tithe or you can return the tithe. That belongs to God. Giving is other than the tithe. And some people say if you can't, uh, if you if you don't give beyond the tithe, you're not really giving. This is because that's just returning or bringing the Lord's portion back to him. But if you, if you believe God, you can tithe. If you don't believe God, you cannot. I sat down this morning and wrote two checks, one for this offering we just received and the other to the youth fundraiser. Now, if, if God is not going to bless me. I can't afford to do that. Can't afford to do that. It's not about affording it. Now, I use the term give all you can. That's with people who are in faith and know what God is about. And then, if he hasn't given you a word, just give all you can. But sometimes he says, give X, like in the, in the scripture, he says, give the tithe or bring the tithe. When he says that amount, if you do that, then you're in a position to watch him do something extraordinary, which is the coolest deal. A number of years ago, <coughs> the Lord began to move this church forward in finances. And uh, a number of you were in a service one day when we had a layman come in and challenge us to give because we were about to build a building over on Blue Ridge Cutoff. And that building um, was going to get some of the stress off of the size because we were having two morning services. We had, we had two morning services for four years there while we paid off the debt that was on the existing structure and saved four or $500,000 
that we put into this project that was about to, about to come. Now, part of that four, four or $500,000 was raised on this Sunday morning because when this guy, when this guy got through, he started asking for pledges just for us to stand and give a pledge. And there was a single mom. I do not remember her name. I know she was a charming girl, but I don't remember her name. And she's since moved away, but uh, she stood and pledged a thousand bucks. Now, this was in about 78. So a thousand dollars is a little bit more than it is now. And, um, and all, all the guys in the congregation, I remember hearing one of them say, well, she stood and gave a thousand. We couldn't stand and give 500 or 200. You know, you can't do that. But this, this girl beat you. She's just a single mom. It worked and supported herself and her kids. So we, we raised like $90,000 that, that uh, Sunday. One of our families, that very week after that Sunday morning, they pledged a thousand bucks received it was either 10 or 20,000 I don't remember which this something that was totally unexpected I could confirm it because there are some eager eyes watching me (laughs) from that family they're here today those eyes are but that's just some of the stuff that God does now he this 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 layman was uh, not a theologian and it was the coolest thing to watch him work because he, he told us that now some of you, when you make this pledge, are going to have what I call beginner's luck. And in the next few days, there's going to be some large blessing, financial blessing come to you. Beginner's luck. Now, that's the thing they teach you in seminary, right? But it's what he called it because he just had watched it work over and over again. People who were sort of new in their faith a little bit, a little bit smaller faith, when they take that step, boom, the rest of us were blessed, but it wasn't that quickly. But the, the gestation period for these seeds in some people's life, he calls it beginner's luck. It's just a short gestation period, and that harvest comes up maybe tomorrow, maybe this afternoon, certainly the next few days in some cases. Don't forget we're farming now. And then Jesus brings this business of treasure. And in the Sermon on the Mount, let me, let me just read you the context here. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Moth, rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Okay, save money and send it to heaven. How do you do that? Make your check out to Crown Point Church. And if it's the offering for Paul Valerius, go to heaven that way. If it's a tithe, go to heaven that way. If it's uh, other missions, things, whatever, whatever. Now, treasure. We're, we're, We're in the year now that there will be another stock market adjustment. Every seven years. The, uh, the guys that are knowledgeable in this stuff do not know why it happens every seven years. You might look in the Old Testament and find about the Sabbath year. You might be able to find that there. But at any rate, we're fixing to have another adjustment. And so it's like, 
You know, now, Lord, I was planning on living on some of that money. And is it going to adjust and go away? And here's the, here's the question. What if it does? It won't change God. He will not change if the stock market adjusts. The two previous adjustments in the stock market, this is really building your faith. Two previous adjustments in the stock market, one seven years ago and one 14 years ago this year, were the two largest single point losses in a day of the U.S. Stock Exchange. What does that say? Get all you can and can all you get. Yes? No? It means get your eyes on the Lord. He won't change. The stock market does not affect the presence of God. He is still our source. He is still the one to whom we look. And you say, well, that's going to put a strain on me. Unless walking by faith is pleasure. And if trusting God is fun and an adventure for you, then you may be about to have some fun. And that's the way I look at, I say, babe, we, we got X, Y, Z. And she says, good job. But if it adjusts down two-thirds or something, it's not going to be such a good job. <laughs> so what is the deal? Keep your eyes on the Lord. Does that make any sense to you? Is this crazy? If I just lost my mind, it's a good thing he's retiring because he's lost it. No, folks, this is where we live because it says the just shall live by faith. And if you get your treasure over into heaven by just being faithful in giving what the Lord tells you to give, just be faithful. Do the tithe and then give the offerings as the Spirit guides you. And you, with, if you're married with your spouse, you work this stuff out. Because if you're serious about this, he'll give both of you the same figure many times when it's time to give an offering. Get your treasure where the stock market can't get to it. Now, those two checks that I wrote this morning, if the stock market adjusts, are totally unaffected. Totally unaffected. And I'm going to collect that someday. In the smile of God, or however it comes to you in heaven. I'm kind of looking forward to that, and I don't have a death wish. I'm not the least bit depressed, but it's better there than here, and uh, I am ready to go. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. It's liable to loss. It can be taken. You can lose value or lose it all. Lay up treasure in heaven. And the key is, if our treasure is in heaven, it's going to be easier for us to believe God because that's where our heart is. Did you get that? You put your treasure in heaven, your faith is going to be easier, your joy in the Lord is going to be easier, your peace in turmoil here is going to be easier 
because your heart is there with your treasure instead of in the market. I'm not against the market. That's what I'm worried about. I guess if I'm worried, my, I, it's, it's like this concern. I know this can happen. And so then it will be, okay, Lord, what are you going to do about it now? Be, but I, it's that kind of worry. This is not some kind of anxious, uh, nail-biting problem business. But the Lord is doing this, and he, I want it in our hearts so clear that when you... Whoever, if the Lord waits to come back and whoever is leading this congregation and they say, we need to get some money for ABC, that you will just say, okay, Lord, how do you want us to participate in this? What's the deal? Give give us an amount. And if he he doesn't give you an amount, you just agree together. If you have a a spouse, you just agree together what you're going to give and give it. And it's just like... Yeah, that's what we do. That's our life. The just shall live by faith. Let's pray together. Father, I am so glad that you...